Hello. Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 14 of the Massive Fans Book Club Podcast. Today, we are diving into Part 3 of the book, titled High Lady, and covering Chapters 51 through 55 of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. And it's a weird... I don't know, it's like a bridge section. Like, not totally bridgy, like stuff happens, but it's bridge-ish. Yeah, it does, but honestly, it's important stuff that has to happen. Right. Because, I mean, we, we meet, we finally all meet Grayson, and I think what it's a time. pretty much what a guy. <laughs> I think it's a pretty <laughs> I think it's pretty much a universal feeling that we're all like he's a prick. Yeah. And that's yeah. the nicest thing I can say. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, I don't it is important. It it is important and it's it it literally takes us right up to the first battle. I think it's bridgish because it feels like time doesn't exist in this section. <laughs> Well, the end of the last section went really fast. I mean, like we, like the last, the last episode we did. Yeah. I, I don't even think it was 36 hours. I know I said 36 hours, but going back, I don't, yeah. I, I don't even think it was necessarily well, 24. And that's what I think is weird about this section, because I think like we logically know on the, uh, on like a, a, a timeline, we know that like what happens in these chapters is literally like a couple of hours max because we know like start to finish like where we start and where we end up and like what happens like we keep talking about how the battle is going to basically start tomorrow in this section, right? right. So like right. we know that it's a couple of hours but it just almost feels impossible that all of this happens in a couple of hours which uh-huh. then doesn't make like you know what I mean? It just I don't know. I, it feels like the pacing is whack because it moves really fast but it also feels like way too much happens for that timeline to be accurate and i don't know it just yeah is way i don't know i feel like i feel like it's probably i sat down and figured it out and i think it's like 18 hours max it's between 12 and 18 hours yeah so it's I don't know. not think, long it's yeah. not even a full 24 right from right where it the, starts yes to where we end up at the end of the episode it's, right it's, so if it's 18 hours we're lucky yeah so i don't know it just feels whack but anyway <laughs> Well, you know, we did warn everybody that from here on out, it's like buckle up and hang on because it's you flying. You know, fair point. Fair it point. is flying. This next section goes fast. It is not long and drawn out in any way, shape, or form. Um, I want to say it's a matter of weeks <laughs> from the start of this section to the end of this section. Is it even weeks? I would get I was probably, contemplating that the other day. Yeah. I was thinking it's probably maybe two weeks max. Okay, okay. I'll I'll try to track that as we do our reread because I was thinking about that the other day that all of a sudden I was like, wait, time is a construct and I have no concept. <laughs> right. I mean, there's there are huge expenditures of magic. Mm-hmm. And you have to allow some time for that to be recuperated. There are a couple things that go on. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm being generous. I think closer to the end, I can give you a better idea. But right now, sure, sure. I, I we'll, we'll try to like, track it as we do the reread over the next couple of weeks. I want to say it's 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 no more than two weeks from the start of this section to the end of the book. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> it's like blink <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't even know what to say. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, you know, the and, drill. and we are going to get started on the fact that I'm also in the middle of reading. Crescent City 2, House of Sky and Breath. And my mind is just kind of blown, people. So if you're reading it, you've read it, feel free to reach out. 
I'm so mind blown right now. It's not even funny. She's she's mind blown about that. Meanwhile, I'm over here in the Baroness Book Club being like, so who finished Promises and Pomegranates and who feels like that's not how the mob works? But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I can't even go down that path. I am so not there. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. For once, we're not reading the same book. Um, so. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, before we get started, you know the drill, you know. So before we get into today's episode, this yeah. podcast is not for little ears. Yeah. Probably definitely not this episode because I'm going to go off on about Grayson. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. <sighs> And as yeah. always, you know, we, we do encourage y'all to reach out to us on any and all platforms. Like I said, I'm reading Crescent City 2, How's the Sky in Breath. I'm happy to talk to somebody about it because Kelsey hasn't even read the first one. Exactly. So exactly. So I'm like, I need somebody. So anybody out there, if you want to reach out, I'm here. I'm your girl. Um, and, and as always, we- plug. I was going to say, shameless plug, uh, I, Kara doesn't even know, but uh, hey, hey, go join Kara over at Baroness Book Club on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> because because uh, we need more people who have finished Promises and Pomegranate. So go mm-hmm. find us. Bitch about the mob with me. Anyway. <laughs> and in about two weeks, if you're in any of the groups for Crescent City, the 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 yeah, the, the, the ban will be lifted. <laughs> the embargo to speak about it will be lifted and we can all talk freely however until then feel free <laughs> um and i know Kara will be talking about it because she has said that bryce quinlan is her favorite of all of sarah's uh yes. leading ladies so i know that we will be having discussions in baroness book club about it as well so definitely <laughs> check her out she's awesome um but as always you know we're going to share our socials at the end of the show and in our show notes so check them out and also, thank you for listening. We've noticed a yes. jump in our weekly listens, and we're so happy to have you all here with us. So don't forget Yay. to share and tag and whatnot to continue to get this podcast out to more like-minded folks like us. Uh, it helps Absolutely. us as we're beginning to ramp up more and more content for our second year of recording. Yes, it is. In fact, we were talking about that just before we started to record today. I know. So exciting. I already have one thing for a giveaway, you guys. Yes. <laughs> So April will be our one year mark and we're coming up on April fast. And then we have like mm-hmm. new stuff that we're going to start doing for year two. And yeah, mm-hmm. we're just really excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. You guys, year two is just, I-, I can't believe we're about to start our second year. Like it just, <sighs> I know how fun. Thank y'all. We yeah. we really genuinely appreciate it. It's been, Kelsey and I aren't going to lie. It's been a, it's been a rough couple of months for us outside of all this. And truly, exactly. Recording this has been the highlight for both of us um, and has kind of kept both of us going in in a good way. I mean, we always have each other and we know that, but, you know, sometimes when life gets a little sideways and diagonal and crazy and backwards, it's... And you have to live through a pandemic for multiple years. On top of it all. (laughs) On top of it all. Um, You know, it's good. And so we genuinely, we really do want to thank you all for joining us and listening and contacting us and reaching out and being a part of our our little community exactly we love it and we love y'all so thank y'all so much all right kim hit us with part three these chapters are whack so just just (laughs) go for it i don't even know what to say i'm just you guys can't see me but i'm making a face (laughs) she is she's totally making a face it's very funny
So part three, chapter 51 is where we start. And I, I have to laugh because they're in the Illyrian camp. And it literally, the first sentence reads, even at the height of summer, the Illyrian mountain camp was damp. <laughs> Great. But Feels remember, like February here. Well, remember, it is in the mountains. And so there's definitely going to be a temperature difference. There are going to be some different things going on. So it kind of makes sense, right? Right? Um, I've been in the mountains in summer. And I have to say when I... I yeah, it it can yeah. be very different. I remember Colorado in June, and they had just opened up the pass yeah. through Rocky Mountain National Park, middle of June, and they had just opened up the pass all the way through the the park. And at the top, we Mike Mike and I had gone out there and uh, drove through the park. And at the top, there's a a ranger station, and so we had stopped up there, and um as we're driving up, there was 18 feet of snow, a straight wall Jeez. up. They had literally gotten snow only a few days before and had just finished plowing it out. So, I mean, <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> we were in shorts and t-shirts at the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> at the top, we had to go buy sweatshirts because it was cold. <laughs> That's funny. So, I can tell you it's definitely, you know, even the height of summer, the top of mountains can be cold. And we know that's where they are. So my two cents at the very beginning here. Um, however, even though the weather wasn't gross and sticky and miserable and hot or absolutely frigid and horrid, um, the the greeting party for them was less than welcoming and less than spectacular. Yeah. Uh, the only person that Pharaoh recognized was Lord Devlin. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> As she says, the sneer was still on his face, though milder compared to everybody else. <laughs> I know it's like great. Sure that says, <laughs> I know it's a great. This is the friendly one. What joke is this? It's like that's when you realize they weren't kidding. That he's the, he's the nice one. <laughs> Ooh, crap. Um. Anyway, you know she does also note that these are all the different lords, the different, you know, leaders of all the different Illyrian camps. And she does notice, she goes, unlike my friends, one or two siphons adorned their hands. The seven Azrael and Cassian wars seemed almost vulgar by comparison. So it's, it's interesting that, you know, in all of this, she still notes that, you know, the two quote unquote bastards. Right. more powerful than these named lords of you know the Illyrian army and and the Illyrian race and i i find that very interesting um because she keeps yeah. coming back to it sarah jms yeah. keeps bringing it back and so it, it really kind of makes you go yeah hmm. it's like this has been brought up one too many times to be a coincidence yeah exactly okay um but it's interesting um they did decide, Feyre did decide that they were going to, first of all, take a couple of steps back behind Reese and Azrael yeah, and fair, um, fair. Cassian, because, you know, Illyrians are not the most forward thinking yeah. creatures misogyny. towards females. Yeah, misogyny is one way to put it. Um, So they, they're, they're, and they're definitely keeping Elaine hidden because yeah. poor Elaine probably, I don't know. 
So the first question Devlin has is, so it's true, the wall came down. And of course, Reese being Reese is like, oh, a temporary failure. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It's like, don't mind this. It's just a small problem. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. We'll get it fixed. Don't even worry. Sure. And of course, Feyre's like, he's still dressed from the High Lords meeting. So we are literally like only a couple hours after leaving Thiessen's palace, people. Bear right, in mind, right. we weren't kidding. When we were talking about this is all like really fast. This is like super fast. They were literally at Thiessen's this morning. Yeah. And, um, you know, so Feyre notices that, you know, he's still dressed in his, right. his High Lord best and no wings or anything else. And Reese tells her it's because they already know I trained with them. I'm one of them. They need to remember I'm also their high lord, and I have no intention of loosening the leash. So I, it, it's interesting because it's it's definitely a power play on Reese's part to be like, nope, nope, I'm your high lord, and you're gonna respect me, and you're gonna you're gonna listen, or I'm gonna miss your ass, basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty. Make you go bye bye real fast. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So Reese does start giving them orders and telling them what he wants and what he needs. And Azrael's just standing there staring him down. Cassian gives a few orders. Right. And then all of a sudden, Devlin, in the middle of all this, looks up and notices that the women are standing back behind them, behind the boys, our bat boys. Mm hmm. He scowls at more, frowns at at Feyre, subdued, but does frown at her. And then right. he notices Nesta. Yep. It doesn't go very well. Like he kind of freaks out about Nesta. Yeah. And he's it's like, a, it's interesting. Is, he's like, what is that? Not who, but yeah. what, what <laughs> is that? <laughs> kind of weird. I'm surprised he didn't just like immediately go for his jugular, but anyway. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'm surprised Cassie didn't go for his jugular. Let's be real on it. Also that, also that. But Cassie's response is that is none of your concern. <laughs> <laughs> so he verbally goes for the jugular. Because, <laughs> you know, remember, Reese's answer about Pharaoh was, she's mine. <laughs> right. Okay. I think Cassie just kind of pissed and made his mark and everywhere a little right? bit a little bit and of course then the question is is she a witch and nesta is like yes <laughs> oh i love it she's just like sure i have no idea yes, but since you seem so pissed about it absolutely because fuck you and she goes <laughs> and favor's like and i watched as nine full-grown weather delirian warlords flinched <laughs> Well, we know what scares them. Right? <laughs> what can I say? Right? And of course, Cassian's response is, she may act like one, may act like one sometimes. But no, she is high fae. To which Devlin says, she is no more high fae than we are. It's like, well, <laughs> fuck all. Well, shit. Pot, kettle. Hmm. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Anyway, um, Devlin's like, keep her away from our females and our children. And he's Just all freaked whack. out. Like, he, they are about to have a complete and total temper tantrum meltdown because of Nesta. Nesta's like, and, no interest, motherfucker. 
somehow more shifts and they can suddenly see Elaine and that just pretty much does them all in and poor Elaine is just like oh crap like her eyes get really big and she starts to freak out Nesta says don't be afraid of them and you know I mean she is protected by she has Pharaoh more and Nesta there plus let's face it anybody went after any of them and Reese would have like annihilated them okay but then forget that they're too afraid to take any steps towards Nesta anyway well yeah there is that but yeah, don't be afraid of them because they stupid is basically what Nesta said. Yep. Yep. But Reese down the bond tells Pharaoh, take them into the war tent. Yeah. <laughs> They're about to have a meltdown. Go. Yeah. <laughs> and of course Pharaoh's like, I'd pay to see that. And Reese is like, so would I, but <laughs> get, get, get Yeah, but we got get stuff your sisters to do. away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before we have real problems, get your right. sisters away. I need them to fight for us. So they go into the tent and at which point more turns Feyre into um well she more doesn't turn Feyre more turns Elaine sorry right <laughs> more more does the glamour for Elaine to make her look human and Feyre right, right. notices that this otherworldly beauty and this this ethereal glow she had has gone away um just from the glamour going over to make her human mm-hmm. and it's you get so used to what that fey look is that you kind of forget the rest of it so yeah um of course elaine's so cute she's like well it hurt (laughs) i know she didn't even notice it's like maybe a tingle at the worst um so we're we're there so we um there's a cute thing that Moore says because Elaine like looks down at her hands and stuff and realizes like, oh yeah, like there was some like fey prettiness going on there. And she was like, I hadn't realized how ordinary it looked. And Moore says, you're still lovely. And she's like, I suppose that makes wanting things, war makes wanting things like that unimportant. Moore's like, perhaps, but you should not let war steal it from you regardless. I know. I don't think it's cute because I feel like it's kind of a moment where Moore's like, yeah, like out of this group, I'm the girly girl, so I feel you, Elaine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I like my dresses, I like my shoes, I like, you know, I want to look pretty. I get it. Like, (laughs) she likes her bling, right? So I feel like that was a moment where Moore was like, Elaine, I get you, I feel you. It's okay to want to be pretty. I get it. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, and we get a little snowflake and it it's i really like it because somebody at this point whoever edited this really kind of got it right because the snowflake is there and the next thing we know they are at they're at grayson's they're in the human lands yep and so it's a nice way to kind of show the lapse of time without there being like this weird long drawn out thing or anything right um and and elaine is definitely nervous justifiably so i mean remember this is the first time she's gonna see grayson since she was turned fey and yeah missed her wedding day and the whole bit so yeah i mean she has every reason to be upset and nervous um the first thing that pharaoh notices is in the human lands is that it's summer and it's hot like miserably hot (laughs) it's not even nice hot like it is in adriata it's just right Hot. Icky hot. It's icky yeah. hot. 
It's DC summer hot is what it is. Right. You're like, it just smells bad and it's uncomfortable. And it's gross and it's humid. and It's like walking into a wet blanket. Yeah. Um, And Feyre's description of the, the, the property is really interesting. Um, you know, she's like, the stone guardhouse is the only opening she could see in either direction. The only opening in the towering stone wall rising up before us, solid as some mammoth beast. So high, I had to crane my neck back to see the spikes jutting from its top. Oy. And there were 12 guards at this gate, all armed, faces hidden beneath thick helmets, despite the heat. Mm. And they're also in full armor. And they're pointing these ash weapons at the little party. Great! <laughs> Love that for us. Never mind that it really wouldn't matter that they could kill them before. <laughs> right. But, yeah, interesting. Um, Favor does notice that as impenetrable looking as it is from a human perspective, it definitely is um, foreboding and and seems insurmountable to get past. From a Fae perspective, it would take nothing. So right. she's really hoping they're going to let them put wards there to help keep people safe. Mm. Because mm. that is really the mission of this visit. Well, right. But she says, you know, Nesta had been right. It was like a prison. Uh, the Lord had prepared to weather the storm from inside, king over these resources. But there was room, plenty of room for other people. And I, I just, I find that description very interesting. Like, it, it definitely paints a very vivid picture in my head. Um, I don't know about anyone else's, but I can only yeah. imagine what this place is kind of like. Yeah. Um, but Elaine really does kind of step up and, and shows for the first time in a very long time, some real backbone, some real spunk. And she's like, she stands up, goes to the guardhouse and she announces, tell Lord Grayson that his betrothed is he- come for him and tell him, tell him that Elaine Archeron begs for sanctuary. And that's the end of the chapter. I know. Which is wild. Like, poof. These chapters are fast. I know. They're like five minutes apiece. <laughs> so chapter 52 starts. And they're waiting. And then they notice that a guard takes off on horseback. And with their enhanced face sight, they see another guard house and, and wall. I don't know, a mile or two down. Right. That this horse is racing for. Um, with, you know, another gate. And, um, Feyre's like, she looks at Elaine, she's like, how did you meet him? <laughs> right. She's like, what the fuck? Like, this guy clearly, like, lives in here. This is kind of like finding a guy that lives in his mom's basement. Like, where'd you find him? <laughs> how? how? Right. Like, how? He's here. So, how- what the fuck? Yeah. And of course, Elaine's like, at a ball. At his father's ball. So that means that Elaine came there for a ball. Which, like, if you got an invitation and you saw that it was, like, to the creepy-ass house on the mountain in the neighborhood, like, would you go? Like, like, Uh, what are you doing? Fuck no. I'd be like, out, gotta go, bye-bye. And I like Nesta's response, because it just makes me laugh. She's talking about the ball, and Nesta's like, I've been to funerals that were merrier. Jesus, I know, I love it. It makes me like Nesta in that moment. I know. (laughs) 
I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I've, I've been I've been that person. So yeah, that exactly. Stuff. Um, and all Elaine has to say is, "Well, this house has needed a woman's touch for years." And it's like, no shit, Sherlock. Really, I know. But I like that the two sisters both like side eye, like, "Yeah, but not you, bitch." Like, <laughs> <laughs> holy crap. Yeah. <sighs> Um, so Azrael is trying to fade into the shadows of the one tree that's there. <laughs> right. God. Reese and Moore are on alert, waiting. And they finally, after several minutes, realize the, the guard is like, okay, he'll come see you and you get a snowflake. And the next thing we know, they're in the guardhouse. They can't go beyond the guardhouse. They're not allowed to go in to the keep beyond the guardhouse um, see their defenses see the resources you know heaven forbid right but they got inside the guardhouse and now they're waiting there's one seat Farah offered it to Elaine Elaine refuses and is standing and Farah starts to have a bit of a, a, a bit of a meltdown um, because it is it is small in there and it's closed and kind of dark and she's just like made my body restless a cold sweat breaking out too small not enough air and Reese is like it's all right this place cannot hold you and she nodded and he's like you know it's going to be okay and and Pharaoh finally looks over at Nesta and she's like sometimes. I have problems with small spaces. And that Nesta studied her and then she says with equal quiet, though everybody in the room could hear, I can't get into a bathtub anymore. I have to use buckets. And poor Farah is suddenly feeling horrible. She's like, I hadn't known. I hadn't even thought that bathing, submerging in water. And she's like, I knew better than to touch her hand, but I said, when we get home, we'll install something else for you. So I find that interesting. You know, it's like, and of yeah. course, Nesta didn't bother to tell anyone that she's so traumatized by what happened going into the cauldron that she can't even take a bath, that she has to right. literally bathe out of buckets of water. Which, like, in fairness, sometimes you got to think that that probably contributes to the crabbiness. I mean... If I felt dirty and like I couldn't take a shower, then I'd be grumpy too. Well, and they don't have showers. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. If they're going to install something else, I would beg to offer that they must. Either that or they're going to rig something. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Um, anyway, Azrael suddenly is like, there are two dozen guards. And Grayson and his father. Great. <laughs> and poor Elaine is like, crap. And she kind of like locks up and freezes. Yeah. And, you know, she's she's funny because she's just like, any attempt to hurt Elaine. I did not care what I had promised my sister. I'd leave Nesta to shred him. Indeed, my eldest sister's fingers had curled as if invisible talons crowned them. At which point, the door comes flying open, <coughs> excuse me, and Grayson enters the room. And he's panting like he had been running. And she, fear notes, he was so human looking. Right. She's like, remember when I thought this was good looking and then I met my husband? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And she's like, you know, she acknowledges that perhaps he was the mortal ideal of a knight who would swoop a beautiful maiden onto his horse and ride off into the sunset. <coughs> but it was so at odds with the Illyrians. Right. And the cultivated lethalness of Moore and Amarin. And from what both she and Nesta could do and were. Um, and of course, Elaine kind of makes this weird little small sound at seeing Grayson for the first time in months. Yeah. And as he goes ready to step towards Elaine, this big hand kind of comes down and it's all scarflecked and, and all and stops him and come to find out it's his father. Who's as great as Grayson is. Which also, please note that this is how this goes down. Grayson rushes out like, OMG, it's Elaine! And then his dad's like, now! Okay, please note this because later in the chapter, it... anyway, carry on. Just later note that chapter, that's how this went in. You certainly start to have a lot of questions. Yeah, so whatever. Well, not this chapter, but later in this episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because he becomes, well, anyway, we'll get anyway, there. Anyway, yeah. Poor Lane can't get any words out at all. God bless her. Right. She's like struggling. And Nesta's like, fine. <laughs> the wall came down. Right. Like, let's 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 just put it Cut out. Cut to there. the chase. Moving on. <laughs> and of course, they're looking at Nesta. And, right. and Grayson's like, how? Because he realizes that she's Faye. Right. To which Nesta answers, I was kidnapped. I was taken by the army, invading these lands, and turned against my will. And Nolan echoed, how, Lord Nolan? Nesta answered, there's a cauldron, a weapon. It grants its owner power to do such things. I was a test. All accurate information. Absolutely, there's no lie. Um, just no mention of Elaine going through the same process. And then, of course, Lord Nolan is like, well, who are your companions? And Farrah steps up. And she's like, my name is Farrah Archeron. I am High Lady of the Night Court. This is Resand, my husband. Our third in command, Morrigan, and our spy master, Azrael. And to his credit, apparently Lord Nolan didn't kind of freak out. They weren't sure if he was, but he didn't. He kind of held his shit together. And of course, Grayson's like, Elaine, why are you with them? To which Nesta answers, because she is our sister. And there is no safer place for her during this war than with us. Again, all accurate information. And, you know, then Elaine's like, look, we've come to ask you to, to, to take our, our staff, our, our people from our estate in. They have nowhere to go. There's right. not enough time to evacuate. We need somewhere safe to put them. And neither neither man responded, though Grayson is now looking at Elaine's engagement ring. And of course, now, remember, he was all in a lather to get to her and see her, right? Right. And he's like, then he's like, I would have been inclined to believe you if you were not lying with every breath. And Elaine's like, well, huh? I'm not, I'm not lying. Right. And Lord Nolan's like, do you think you could come to my house and deceive me with your fairy magic? And Reese is like, we don't care what you believe. We only came to ask you to help those who cannot defend themselves. And he's like, you know, Nolan's being a dick. He's like, at what, at what gain? At what risk? You know? Right. 
And Fear was like, look, you have an arsenal of ash weapons. I kind of think it's obvious. Right, right. And, of course, you know, they're like, you know, of course, you know, don't forget to include Elaine in that. And Moore's like, any weapon can hurt a mortal. And Nolan's like, but she's not mortal. I have it on good authority that it was Elaine Archeron who was turned fae first and is now has a high lord son as a mate well shit gig is up people right of course yeah. Reese is like who told you to which everybody gets to have a small surprise of shock when jurian walks around both gentlemen and is like i did and the chapter ends these chapters are fast, y'all, but yeah, wow, like, but like, this is like my favorite thing. I just like the return bomb of Durian. <laughs> bomb drop, bomb drop. Yes, yes. This is I'm why we gave so much thought about who we wanted as Durian. Uh huh. Uh-huh, Both of us uh-huh, have it in my notes. Someone who can play this. Yes. Yeah. So, chapter fifty-three. Durian is back, which is wild. <laughs> Pretty. Durian Durian holds up his hands like you know (laughs) okay again so Feyre's little artist eye picks up on like stupid stuff that is not important in the matter in like what's like mattering at the moment but whatever you know hashtag world building so uh this hand he's holding up is specifically tan but calloused I don't know why it matters but she tells us so I'm telling you and Feyre somehow deduces from this, uh, like the weird little Sherlock she is, that these calluses must be from him retraining his body since getting, you know, a whole body for his eyeball. I don't know. I feel like all of that is a stretch, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, back to Jurian's hand. Jurian's hand is up and he's like, these are not the droids you are looking for. Okay, JK, he's actually like, I am alone. <laughs> Everyone can chill. <laughs> <laughs> these are not the droids you're looking for yeah yeah so, move along. Move along. yeah basically um no he just says like i'm alone everyone can chill the fuck out and <laughs> lord nolan yeah right lord nolan fills in the gaps real quick explaining that jurian arrived and explained the whole bit about nesta and elaine going to the cauldron and like everything that happened with that and it seems kind of vague to me if that like everything Jorian said like included the bit about Feyre and the spring court and yada yada I I, I don't really know what he said but yeah. we know that it's he ex- got me least, clear. yeah he ex- at least to some extent explained the uh, Nesta and Elaine and the cauldron bit so that and, would explain why Grayson hasn't seen Elaine in forever yeah I mean apparently we know that basically Jorian came to Nolan and was like yo dog you're gonna want to hear about this cauldron stuff <laughs> So pretty much we know that much. And Feyre is like, okay, great. Got it. But why are you here? Like now? (laughs) And like, in fairness, it's because Feyre's got like a lot of pent up anger after everything that happened to Az and everyone else. So, you know, it's not like this guy is followed by sunshine and roses. It's usually bad shit. And (laughs) Jurian, like, you're happy. Right. And Jurian, like, launches in. He, um... And Jurian, like, launches in. And, like, please remember that in my head, I have cast Hale Appleman, a.k.a. Elliot from the Magicians, um, as Jurian. <laughs> so he 
is in my head. And this guy like launches in about the Queens. He's like, I swear this is relevant. Hear me out. The Queens are assholes who deserve everything they had coming to them. Save that one that like had the sense to help you. And suddenly he's like talking, talking and practically mid sentence. Feyre is like, oh, 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 because she's like, Dorian's eyes gleamed bright, not with madness, I realized, but clarity. (laughs) She's like, oh, crap. Um, And I'm going to like keep reading um, just this little bit. So you like kind of get the feel for what happened. Durian's eyes gleamed bright, not with madness, I realized, but clarity. And I had the sense of the world sliding out from beneath my feet. As Durian said, he resurrected me to turn them to his cause, believing I had gone mad during the 500 years Amarantha trapped me. So I was reborn and found myself surrounded by my old enemies, faces I had once marked to kill. I found myself on the wrong side of a wall with the human realm poised to shatter beneath it. Durian looked right at Moore, whose mouth was a tight line. You were my friend, he said, voice straining. We fought back to back during some battles, and yet you believed me at first sight, believed that I'd ever let them turn me. And then she's like, yo, but like you went mad with Clithia. Madness is what destroyed you. And he's like, and I was glad to do it. I was glad to do it if it brought us an edge in that war. I didn't care what it did to me, what it broke in me, if it meant we could be free. And I have had 500 years to think about it while being held prisoner by my enemy. 500 years more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, it's interesting to me, okay, because because it is so incredibly parallel to how Reese had ev- has everyone like up till this book believing that he is like big big bad night court guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, like it's know. exactly the same. And I just think it's super interesting because of this little bit where Reese says, "You played the villain convincingly enough, Jurian." And Jurian snaps back to him. You should have looked. I expected you to look into my mind to see the truth. Why didn't you? And he says, because I didn't want to see her. So he means he didn't want to see all of like Amarantha and everything that happened with that. And so it's interesting to me because you kind of get mm-hmm. this like it it goes with like what a lot of people in the like fandom like to argue about, like with Silver Flames, like you'll see a lot of people mm-hmm. be like, I don't like this perspective or I don't set. Now I don't like recent favor because it's from a different perspective, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this is a little like nod to that where it's like, yeah, for three books, we were all so willing to be convinced that Reese wasn't who we thought he was, but now we see the flaw in this, which is it never occurred to Reese that Jurian wasn't who he thought he was. Exactly. Exactly. It never occurred to any of them. Like more could believe that her cousin pretended to be one thing, but really was another, but it never occurred to her that her friend was the same. I mean, the only one who has every reason to to not believe this would be to have not even tried to think about this is Farah. Yeah. Cause she, yeah. she'd never met Jorian before. Right. She had nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, she had nothing to base it on except for her interaction in Highburn. And then, the bullshit that he was feeding her right at, at at the spring court yeah it's just all wild to me like i don't know i just really love this section because it's really 
interesting and it's very quick. They don't really like linger on this too long, but it's really interesting how we're just like, oh, you know, I don't know. We're just like, oh, like it didn't occur to Reese that this person could wear a mask when Reese wears a mask so well himself. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just. And yet part of me has the fault Jurian for not claiming favor in. Uh, that kind of comes up in a minute. It's kind of interesting because uh, I, mean, he tried I, to, I was going to say, I argue he really. did um, within what he felt comfortable doing because in fairness, I don't think he felt completely convinced that Feyre was on the side she said she was. I mean, look at how they met under what circumstances. Fair. Like, the, like his eyeball watched her fight for Tamlin. You know what I mean? His eyeball watched her fight for Tamlin and then as a reincarnated human you know he basically ran into her in the spring court you know what i mean like i don't know i don't know i feel like there was a little bit of like both of us were like "Mm, what side you really on but um (laughs) anyway basically in that realm more is like wait so now i'm confused oh shit you're saying you were on our side the whole time nope not buying it (laughs) poor more and Jurian explains that even his obsession with Miriam and Draken was really about Draken's incredible capable legions. <laughs> like he didn't want to ruin them. He basically had to act like a crazy man, hell bent on revenge so that he could get the message to them. The yep. only way he could ensure that Draken would be like, oh fuck, I got to get an army ready because there's bullshit going down over there is if and he basically- Right. He basically had to be like, oh, look, your big, bad, evil jury in his back. Like, build your armies. <laughs> and smart. I, that's what I was going to say. Like, my note is basically that, like, this is some long game, like, crazy planning that, like, rivals Akatar Reese thinking ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's – and I think that's why, like – going back to, like, when we had our episode talking about, like, the casting of this, that's why I love – the idea of like Hale Appleman in this like role, because I just love the idea that somebody can basically go toe to toe with Reese on this. Like, no, I like, I am a good person. I did hide it. I did what I had to do. And there are very few actors out there that I really feel like have that in them. And that's why I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay. And in this essay, I will (laughs) know. And and that's why I made the pick I did for, for, um, Tom Hiddleston for the yes. same reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need somebody who can who can convincingly play the bad guy. I mean Absolutely. Loki? I know. So I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I was there. But anyway, so Feyre's like she's basically like, okay, everybody slow down for a second. I want to make sure I'm hearing this right. <laughs> she says a warning. The only way Durian could send one by making himself the hunter. I said to Jurian, you don't want to kill Miriam and Draken. There was stark honesty in Jurian's eyes as he shook his head once. No, he said roughly. I want to beg their forgiveness. And like this chapter would have been even shorter if it had, but I feel like that is such a good mic drop moment and that could have been the end of the chapter. Oh no. Um, but it's not quite. Anyway, they keep talking, and Jorian's basically like, okay, I get it. Y'all are still skeptical. Reese, Pharaoh, look into my mind. 
Yep, you have my permission. Here, yeah, dude. like go, go right, go right on in. I'm opening the door for you, and that's when we get the real mic drop of the chapter. Because, okay, he says, "Look into my head. Look and see for yourself." Why now? Reese said. Why here? Jurian held his stare. Because the wall came down, and now I can move freely to warn the humans here. Because Tamlin ran right back to Highburn after your meeting ended this morning, right to their camp in the Spring Court, where Highburn now plans to launch a land assault on Summer tomorrow. Ouch! And everybody's like, "Ah!" And that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> Fucking Tamlin. Fucking Tamlin. Yeah, yeah. Tamlin yeah. the tool. Yeah. Um, I just want to make a side note here that um, I had this thought earlier this week, Kim, and I almost texted you about it. And I decided that there were not enough words. Like, I did not want to take the time to text all of these words. But and I don't even think I have time to try to explain my thought process now. But I just want to say that after this little section with Jurian, I mean, we get a little more here. But with this section with Jurian, I just I want to put a crazy Akatar theory out there and say that fuck everything we know about Elaine. I now want to fight for an Elaine Jurian storyline. Go. And I, I want to do that to piggy off of a point that I'm going to make in this next chapter. Um, okay. I have a wild theory. So anyway. Okay. Uh, chapter 54. <laughs> I swear to God, I haven't been drinking this morning. Um, uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> chapter 54 starts out, Jorian is not our enemy. They're like, wait a minute. The fuck? Uh <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. So basically, Feyre's like, Jurian is not our enemy. We looked at his head. He's telling the truth. Everything, like, he's told us everything. We now know even everything he knows about Tamlin's plan. This is wild. <laughs> and with that info, Az is out, headed to warn Cassian so that they can get the legions on the move. And more is informed by Jurian about something that they already knew, but, like, in fairness, he wasn't sure if they knew, which is basically the sixth queen, Vasa, she's alive. Uh, Vasa saw through the whole Jurian thing and apparently from her side of it like was trying to warn the other queens that like Jurian being back and in like a whole body this is a bad omen of things to come and I don't know they weren't having it and essentially yeah because they're idiots and essentially more is just like yeah we already knew that Vasa was like around but thanks for sharing (laughs) And Farah notes internally that none of them admit that Lucian is looking for Vasa as they speak. Um, but interestingly, smart. yeah, which like I agree, I get it. Like, still hold some of your, you know, still, you know, keep keep your cards. Closed. Hold some of those cards, man. Yeah, exactly. And interestingly, it seems that Elaine, kind of in this moment, is suddenly thinking about like who is out looking for Vasa, <laughs> and it. Okay, it just like gets interesting. So I'm just gonna read it. Elaine seems to remember, though, who was hunting for that missing queen. And she said to Grayson, stone-faced and sorrowful for all, through all of this, I did not mean to deceive you. His father answered, I find I have trouble believing that. Grayson swallowed. Did you think that you could come back here? Live with me as this lie? No. Yes. I, I don't know what I wanted. You're bound to some fey male, a high lord's son? And Feyre's like, a different High Lord's heir, likely. <laughs> She's like, dum, dum, And then she said, Elaine says, his name is Lucian. I wasn't certain that I'd ever heard his name from her lips. 
I don't care what his name is, the first sharp words from Grayson. You're his mate. Do you even know what that means? It means nothing, Elaine said, her voice breaking. It means nothing. I don't care who decided it or why they did. You belong to him. I belong to no one, but my heart belongs to you. Like, good for Elaine. I wouldn't have thought she'd have the balls to be like, I belong to no one, asshole. But she kind of says that. And Grayson says, I don't want it. Oh. And like... Feyre notes that, like, he would have been better if he just, like, hit her because she just looks so broken. Yeah, I just, I hate this section. I hate it. I love it and I hate it because I feel like it is poorly written, to be honest. Because, like we just noted, Grayson, like, rushed out of there like, oh my god, it's Elaine! And now it's like, fuck you, I don't like you anymore. Which is, like, such a weird, like, turn. I don't know. Dude's giving me whiplash. Yeah, so, like, I kind of hate it because I feel like it's poorly written, to be honest. But I love it because, like, it does what it has to do, which is now the sisters are like, oh no, you didn't! My favorite is like, you did not just make my sister cry. She's like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to take any people who can make it here. We will supply these walls with wards. And Nolan's like, nah, nah, nah. We don't need your wards. We don't need your help. And she's like, shall I demonstrate for you how wrong you are? Or shall you take my word for it if I could reduce this wall to rubble with half a thought? And that is to say nothing of my friends. You will find, Lord Nolan, that you want our wards and our help. All in exchange for taking in whatever humans need the safety. Like. She's like, bitch, no. <laughs> and then these jerkwads are like, we don't want any riffraff up in here. I, I like don't even have words. I just don't even have words. I'm like, what? I know. The actual fuck is wrong with these guys? You want to answer that, really? I, mm, mm. I just like that the twist, like the fact that this is just like getting out of hand and the twist is that Jurian is the one to be like, you know, bitch, I have fought beside your elders, your ancestors, and they'd be rolling in their graves right now if they heard you. I mean, obviously that's not what he says, but you get the point. Close enough. (laughs) Close enough for government work. (laughs) Right, right. And now feeling like just the tiniest guilty, Lord Nolan is like, okay, fine. Like, I don't have a very large force, but like, whatever. Let in the human peeps. What it is, what it is. And then for some reason, and this is part where I'm like, I don't understand what is happening here. All of a sudden, like, okay, now we've had this whole conversation about, okay, fine. We'll let the humans in, whatever, fine. Suddenly, Grayson is just, like, in the middle of this, like, dire situation. He's like, Elaine, take your engagement ring off. And it's like, what? This isn't even what we're talking about. Like, is now the time? Is now really the fucking time? No, but, you know, he's having the temper dandrum. A dude goes, like, full Hulk. I swear the dude turns green. He's like, it was no... <laughs> He goes, take it off. He roared towards, roared the words, barking over the stones. That's enough, Reese said. The lady keeps the ring if she wants it. Though none of us will particularly be sad to see it go. Females tend to prefer gold or silver to iron. (laughs) And Grayson, he's just like, is this the start of it? You fame males will come take our women and your own are your own not fuckable. Can't even take it seriously. Like, what is happening? This man is like cussing out Reese. Are you stupid? <laughs> like, he is, but that's beside the point. 
Oh my god. This is just like the this is like every like fucking college bro you've ever encountered at a party that you're like no, I don't want to dance with you. And then he turns it into a whole goddamn thing. And the whole room is like, is this really real life right now? <laughs> well, you know, I have to admit, you remember, so you remember in Akamath? Yes. When Feyre tells Nesta in no uncertain terms that I can fight and fuck better than I could before. Right? 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 I was like waiting for somebody to say that to him. I know. Instead, instead, Grayson's dad is like, watch your tongue, boy, because he's like, this is about to get ugly. And I'm not going to protect your sorry ass if you can't. <laughs> basically. Basically. Um, but yeah, basically, he's like, in case I wasn't clear, we're not getting married. I'll take your people, but not you. And this whole, like, not you thing... <laughs> Like I said, the sisters are like, you said what to my sister? Because now Nesta, being the bitch you need in this situation, walks right up to Grayson and <laughs> smacks him across the face so hard his head turns and simply says, you never deserved her. And then turns to Feyre and says, I assume we're done here. <laughs> Get me the fuck out before I do that. <laughs> basically, uh, what she's basically, telling Basically, basically. And I her. just, I love it because, I don't know, I feel like she's awful and sometimes you eat awful. And it just reminds me of that show that like nobody watched except for me called The Bee in Apartment 23. No, I saw it. Oh my God. It reminds me of her because remember the whole point of her is that like she is a bitch, but she tre- she teaches like the very Elaine-like character to basically yes. like man up. <laughs> yes. I remember. <laughs> anyway, I just, I feel like that's what's happening in this moment. Anyways, so... Nesta takes a lane. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, like, Nesta takes a lane by the arm, and more in favor follow, and they're headed out, and the two lords disappear without a word because, well, this was just really awkward. <laughs> and then Jurian says, before the ladies leave, tell the shadow singer, I'm sorry about the arrow to the chest. It's like always something wild with this dude, right? Like, I don't know. He's just so interesting. Like, but that's like what he thought of. And uh, I did make a note here that I want a Jurian book and I will come back to this. Um, <laughs> wrapping up, Reese and Jurian quickly talk strategy. Jurian's going to head back to Highburn, act a fool about Miriam and Draken, and then continue to try to ruin the queens from within. Once that's well, done, know. he says, who knows? Perhaps I'll join you on the battlefield. And Reese admits he wouldn't believe, like, any of this, except he, like, saw it in Jurian's head, you know? Yeah. And Jurian, once again, says the truth that, you know, he knows. Um, And he's, you know, he says, you know, tell Cassian that to attack the left flank, to really, like, show up on that side tomorrow, because that's where Highburn will put his untrained nobles. So he's just telling what he knows, you know, which is like wild that Jurian even knows like this amount of detail and that he's like able to like, I don't know. It's like this. I don't know. It's just wild. And so he's like, yeah, do that. And then lastly, he says, <laughs> I never congratulated you for slaughtering Dagden and Branna. Good riddance. And Feyre says, I did it for those children of the blessed, not for glory. I know, Jurian said, flicking up his brows. <laughs> Why do you think I decided to trust you? Aww. And that I just love 
that because I yeah. love that like that like we just kind of discussed and so I said like it does come back where it's like I really think it was not until then that Jurian was fully sure that he and Feyre were on the same side and I think if Absolutely. you recall back to then he did kind of try to tell Feyre like cool you and me both yeah but I, she just she was too busy in her own world and I like admittedly I understand why <laughs> at the time to like pick up on what Jorian was throwing down though she did like sort she must have somewhat picked it up subconsciously because like she do she kept noticing weird little things about him that seemed inconsistent yeah she did I yeah. don't know it's it's an which odd is, situation which is why like i said i go back to i want a durian book and i have a really crackpot theory um and maybe i'll write a blog post about it because i haven't flushed it out yet but my crackpot theory is that the i keep seeing people be like well maybe elaine will end up with tamlin because like you know reasons they just want her to i don't know but it makes logical sense after this section like kim and i talked offline about how like it kind of makes logical sense in this section because the only person who could be even remotely attracted to tamlin as he is is somebody dumb enough to be attracted to grayson <laughs> yeah but i want to take that one third one further and say this would actually kind of be an awful book because it would be a repeat but i just want to say that history repeats itself and i have a crackpot theory that actually what will happen is that elaine <laughs> will ignore lucian because that's just who she is asriel needs his own goddamn book so take him out of the equation altogether she will go after tamlin but then <laughs> in a repeat of history a dark someone with a weird questionable past will win her over and it's jurian <laughs> so the tamlin gets fucked not once but twice mostly just because i hate tamlin uh so it'd actually be a horrible book but i want to write an entire blog post about how i hate tamlin so much that i would love to see him get fucked twice <laughs> you know now that you say i mean it makes sense i don't i don't know if i see it happening right i really funny. don't exactly but I don't know. The thing like I said, I gotta flush it out. Most, flush it out. The, the, well, you know, the thing that pisses me off is, is that Tamlin literally left that High Lord's meeting and ran back to, to Highburn. Okay, well, exactly. And honestly, okay, in fairness, I will back up. I don't actually think that all of those things would happen in one plot point. That makes no goddamn sense. But it was the ability of people to see why Tamlin would work with Elaine to make me think that actually Jurian would work with Elaine. Because like, I like the only, like I'm trying to take the story for what it is. So I'm trying to be like, okay, she's made it to Lucian. So that's how it will be. <laughs> like, hey. I'm not like one to go down the rabbit hole of like, no, it's going to be Asriel. No, it's going to be Tamlin. It's going to be an evil Elaine arc. Oh no, it's going to be a Tamlin redemption arc. Like, I'm not typically one to go down any of those rabbit holes. So that's why I was like, actually, if I'm going to go down a rabbit hole, I'm going to make my own rabbit hole. <laughs> and my rabbit hole is that she ends up with Jurian. And this is the only reason that I feel like makes any sense, which is because Jurian is the only human that would. Okay. See what I'm saying? Because like she no, so desperately doesn't want to be Faye, but like, like Grayson's not going to be like, yeah, I'm a human that's going to get with you. <laughs> Like, no, I agree. So he's the closest thing to human. He is human-ish. Like he's the closest Ish. thing to human that would work. You know what I mean? And he no, has a love for humans that Elaine still has. Okay, that makes sense. So in this essay, I will. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but anyway, 
Uh, Kim, wrap up this section for us because that chapter ended like that because these are just so fast. Um, so yeah, so chapter 55, we're back at the war camp and Moore is just like, the fuck? Like, poor Moore. I think Moore's head is going to explode. I really do. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just like, I, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I feel that more. I really do. Um, yep. They they acknowledge, you know, they're at the war camp. They're preparing for the morning. Uh, they've told Tarquin, uh, and they got messages off to Helian and Kaleas to join if they can make it down. Mm-hmm. As Pharaoh says, the hour before dawn, the Illyrian Legion would take to the skies and fly hard for that southern battlefield. They would land, hopefully, before it began. Right as Kier and his commanders winnowed in the Darkbringer Legion from the Night Court. So, Night Court is ready to stand there. We know that, that you know, Tarquin will be there. Right. Um, and hopefully... Hopefully, Helian and Cleus will make it. No Fingers guarantees. crossed. And then, as it says, the slaughter would begin, which is kind of morbid, but true. Um, and, you know, it was just funny because Feyre acknowledges, she goes, if what Jurian claimed was true, Cassian had choked when we told him about Jurian's battle advice. Right. Which apparently was milder than the initial response was. I can only imagine knowing Cassian what the initial response oh, was, which probably yeah. knowing Cassian was laden with different four-letter yeah. words. Yeah, yeah. And so Fair is trying to figure out for more. You never suspected. You never like. I mean, poor Fair. Fair didn't know him. He she, she knows what she's been told. Like seriously, this poor woman is like, I don't know. Nothing. Right. You know? I only know what y'all told me. Right. And poor, poor Moore is just like, you know, I don't know. I, I wasn't as close to him as I was to some of the others. We did fight together. We saved each other. And she's like, I assumed Amarantha broke him. And all right, let's go right there. That word, that horrible, terrible uh-huh. word that I hate using. Because assumptions are the worst things in the world, and they will come back and bite us all in the ass, one way or, or more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Fair acknowledges that parts of him are broken. And Moore is like, but we're all broken in our own ways right. and places that no one might see. Which, you know, talk about some weird insightfulness going on right now between I these know. two women. But it works, and I love it. It's like, it's it's a nice little introspective moment before the world goes to hell because let's face it the world's gonna go to hell and then you know the question is is elaine doing okay and all Farrah can say is no and poor elaine i mean elaine had literally cried while they windowed here and in the hours afterward all she did was cry and that breaks my heart i mean poor elaine um she literally just laid in bed and cried I mean, brokenhearted. Remember, she came to the night court for weeks and was catatonic. And it's almost like we've gone back to that. And I just, my heart hurts so much for her. Um, And, and, you know, I know people don't like Elaine. And I get that. And I'm not saying I'm rah, 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 Elaine. 
But at the same time, no one should have to go through what Elaine's been through. Not once. Right. Not twice. Right. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. It really it is. Because Grayson didn't have to be a dick about it. And he was a complete and total dick. Like, I don't know if I could have kept my shit together and Grayson had pulled that. I, right. I really don't know if, if it were my sister. Like, if you were Elaine and I were Feyre and somebody had done that to you, I don't know if I would have been able to stop myself from going completely nuclear right. and beating their ass. Right. right. I, I don't. I'm a little protective. And so I can't guarantee that, you know, so I respect that both Nesta and Feyre, like, literally stopped themselves it, yeah. from getting beyond what they did. Yeah, I don't know exactly. if I'd have been able to if, the shoe, if, if I had been in their right. position. So, you know, to know that Elaine is literally back where she i just oh god my heart hurts it really does i know um and you know as fair acknowledges any any good any advancement is now gone because of that asshole and so i just right oh you know it just it, it breaks it breaks everybody's heart mm. and um it's just hard and of course more's fun they're like you know what i shouldn't be drinking i'm gonna go to bed we all need right. to get some sleep tomorrow's gonna be a long day and of course Farrah's like but you know today was kind of unexpected I don't think they were right, expecting any right. of those truth bombs from Jurian or what Grayson was going to pull like any of it and you know of course then Farrah's asking for a little bit of clarity and Mora's like it's harder when enemies turn into friends and the opposite I suppose what didn't I see what did I overlook or dismiss it always makes me reassess myself more than them and Feyre's like, another joy of war. <laughs> and Moore responds with, no, of life. And we get a snowflake. And after the snowflake, it, it's morning. It's pre-dawn, but it's morning. And Feyre acknowledges she didn't really sleep. Uh, Reese never came back to the tent. And so she goes out to find him, and she finds him out on top of this outcropping of rocks looking mm -hmm. up at the sky and she comes up to him and, and snuggles up with him and you know he's like you know a lot of people are going to die today a lot of soldiers are going to die and she's like I know and he says it never gets easier and I have to respect him for that because there I don't know how many people yeah would admit that um yeah I mean I know a lot of people that that are military former military and I know they don't talk about it outside of yeah. work, so to speak. Right. Um, they don't talk about it with their friends and their family. They really don't. Um, and so the few conversations I've had, I remember my, my cousin Christopher was in the Marine Corps and, and I've had a couple of conversations with him about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he's like one of the only people I can even have that kind of a conversation with. Um, and he was in Iraq. <laughs> He saw some shit. He was in Afghanistan. Yeah. He saw some shit. He was a Marine. I'll leave it there, you guys. He, yeah. he was in the thick of it in both places. Um, so I know I know that this is written with, with good thought and intention and the way it's written. Um, I'm amazed that he's even able to to say that. I really right. am. So it's it's just I don't know. It's well done and, and in a good place. Um and he's definitely, you know, I give Reese credit. He's struggling. Um, yeah. 
and more and and Feyre struggling with him and he's trying really hard not to cry in a way because i mean this is emotional he is literally sending men to their death and he knows it yeah um and you know i mean even now i can't imagine like in in real life how hard that decision is yeah you know and and you know he's asking her you know are you ready she and Moore are going to go to the back of the fighting. They're going to go down with them. But um, both Feyre, I mean, both uh, Nesta and Elaine are supposed to be staying back at right, camp. Right, Which seems kind of weird to me because, honestly, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't feel safe. Yeah, I feel like there has to be something about that that we're not getting. Like somebody's job, it has to be something to do with wards, something to do with, I don't know. I would have thought that they would have dropped them back with Amarin, but uh, yeah. Or bring them with them and just find somewhere safe up above. Like really and truly. It it just, I'm not comfortable with that idea. Yeah, it seems like a bad plan, but yeah. And, you know, Farrah's admitting she's not ready for everything. Um, and Reese finally tells her, and this is such a sweet little moment. He's like, I'm grateful to have you at my side. I don't know if I ever told you that, how grateful I am to have you stand with me. And that's like this last little moment between them. And it's the end of the chapter. I know. And so we are at the end of the first part of part three. And seriously, people hold on because this has been since the high lords meeting we might now be at 36 hours yeah like (laughs) yeah i know it's been it's been something it's been something holy mother of god blink um so yeah so that's kind of where we are and on that blink blink note, I just want to point out that Kim, uh, you know how Facebook tells you stuff that you posted on this day, you know, in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. One year ago today, I posted because one year ago yesterday, I finished Akawar and I figured out that I had read over 1800 pages because it was Akatar, Akamath, uh, and Akawar back to back to back. So I had read over 1,800 pages in 27 days. Uh, 300, I had said 732 of those pages were in the last five days because I read Akawar in five days. Dear Lord. <laughs> and my post was, this empath is exhausted from the emotional roller coaster that is A Court of Thorns and Roses and the following two books. I'm basically here to highly, highly recommend that you read them if you like fairy tale meets myth meets just purely fun writing. But I'm also here to highly, highly recommend that if you're an empath, you don't read them at a rate of 60 plus pages a day like I just did, because I can tell you that I am emotionally exhausted. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, you know, we, we're in book groups and all, and we, and we yeah. see it in, in book, bookstagram, book talk and the whole bit. Yeah. People talk about, um, people talk about booking overs. Yeah. Yeah, this Ooh. this this trilogy, this these first three books gave me such a book hangover that I had to post about it on the internet. And then, in fact, the reason I bring this up is because we did not um, start recording or post until April. But right. this this was the point last year when Kim and I started to kick around the idea of doing something like this uh-huh. podcast. <laughs> yep. We started talking. At this point, she was like, oh, yeah. my God, the clothes. And oh, my God, this. And oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> it was just yeah. funny, and we were talking yeah. about how fascinated we were with the fact that everybody has a scent associated with them, and you know, yes. just all these things. And so, yeah, we totally 
this is when it started. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> just wait. I can't wait. There are more books. I know. I know. So anyway, yeah, I just wanted to more say books, that, like, more series. This, I just wanted to say that even though we haven't hit our one year anniversary yet, this is the one year anniversary of when the idea started. Whoosh. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I happen? just also thought it was interesting because we are now starting to wrap up Akawar. So this time last year, I was also wrapping up. That's it's the circle nuts. of life <laughs> anyway on that really bad note uh literally um <laughs> on that bad note uh kim give us some songs and wrap this up will do so you know i have to say and fair and 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 truly kelsey knows this um i i was kind of surprised i came up with as many songs as i did but it was one of those things that when we got to um, when we got to Grayson's estate, all of a sudden, all this remember it's the first time we've met Grayson, and so all of this stuff just started to come out. So anyway, bear with me. Um, the first song is "Generals and Majors" by XTC, and it's when they're at the Illyrian War Camp, and it's for all the obvious reasons. And it's a fun song. I really like XTC, especially if you're into '80s, early '90s alternative. They're mm-hmm. a great band. Um, they have some really fun songs. Anyway, um, the next song is Summer by Ashley McIsaac. If you don't know who he is, if you know who Lindsey Sterling is, he was kind of like the Lindsey Sterling of the 90s, I guess, early okay. 2000s. Um, but he does it in a kilt. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> love gonna that. Lie. Not going to complain. I'm never unhappy to see a man in a kilt. Um, so he's doing he's doing his thing with the violin and a kilt. <laughs> Um, and the song is called Summer. And it just, let's face it, you get to Grayson's and Feyre is talking about how god-awful gross and hot right. it is because it's summer. Um, the next song is Immortals by Fall Out Boy. And it's, she's she's talking about the fact that, you know, Feyre realizes that all of them that came, you know, her right. and, and Reese and Moore and Azriel and Nesta and Elaine were immortal. And even though they're looking at this man-made fortress that will protect men from men, it's nothing for the immortals other than the ash weapons. Right. And they could probably still destroy everything before the ash weapons were even fired. Um, so the next song <laughs> makes both of us giggle. Yes. And that is If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher. <laughs> <laughs> It just seems kind of fitting for how Elaine feels about yeah. everything with Grayson. Because remember, she hasn't seen Grayson since she was turned Faye. Right. And uh, I'm thinking if she could turn back time, she would go back. Yeah. Uh, the next song after that is If Only from Whistle Down the Wind, which is a very not well-known show at all by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Right. Um, if you saw it, I don't know if I should tell you I'm sorry or not, because the show in and of itself is awful. Um, but it's got gorgeous music so right. bizarre but it's true it really has some gorgeous gorgeous music um and you know it's it's about you know if only this and if only that you know life would have been different right and this would have been different and it just seems very apropos for this whole situation between elaine and grayson right and song number six is after grayson has shown his new true colors and what a 
asshole-ish dick he is. Right. And it's You Give Love a Bad Name by Bon Jovi. (laughs) I don't think I have to say anymore. It's kind of the mic drop on that one. Yeah. Because he is such a shit. I want to beat him. And the final song is called Meet Me on the Battlefield. And it's by a group. I don't even know how to pronounce it. But the, the... it's spelled S-V-R-C-I-N-A. Great song. And um, it's for when Jorian's telling Reese and them what to do on the battlefield. And at the very end of chapter 55. So there you go. And if you have any song suggestions or any other crackpot theories or you want to talk to me about a Jorian book, I'm down. Uh <laughs> Or is there is there good jury and fan fiction out there? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Boy, any game. Okay, maybe we got to go dig around the internet. Anyway, uh, send us all those things. Your jury and fan fiction, everything. <laughs> Wattpad. We'll have to go yeah. check out Wattpad. <laughs> yeah, point us in the right direction, friends. Uh, and do so by finding us all over the internet uh, with uh, you know our name, uh, massive stuff. Um, two A's like Sarah J. Massive's name. You know, so we got a massive fan book club stuff. We got massive fan book club and podcast stuff on Facebook. We got at massive podcast stuff on Twitter, and we got massive fans podcast uh, pod stuff on instagram uh pinterest massive fans and tiktok massive fan pod yeah and really quick i want to put a shout out and say congratulations sarah j mass on the birth of your daughter she's beautiful i know so we're so excited for her i know babies love babies yes we do we love our babies well i guess we have to go back to the real world kim gotta go do stuff so do i well sorry friends i guess you gotta go do stuff too okay bye (laughs) Bye. <laughs>